Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name's Christian Allen, and I'm here with my co-host, Rodney the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, what is up, my friend? It's been hey, a while. It has been. Yeah, it has been. So uh, you and I were sick last week, but I have to take the blame for not doing the recording because I... I'll Actually... I'm the one that put a nix to it. You <laughs> it were like ready you to go. You yeah, were ready to true. go. You're like, you're like all I could hear is like noises coming straight out of your nose, Rod. And I was like, <laughs> okay. But I was like, oh, I've got to put a kibosh to this. I was feeling like I finally had a radio voice. And so I was like, <laughs> I was excited to do it, but uh, it was for the best. Well, your voice was it different. Was so I'll give you that yeah. much. Um, okay, Rod. So today, today. We have a fun topic, but before we get into the topic, I have a couple of announcements that are exciting. Okay, first announcement. This is just a, I'm going to keep pounding it because we're, because we're getting momentum and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. But just a quick reminder, go join our, our Facebook group, Investment Strategies for High Income Earners. We started to get some traction. Um, we are doing Facebook Lives every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, we're putting out a bunch of other content throughout the week. We're starting to get more discussion. And uh, so anyway, it's growing. I'm excited about that, Rod. Yeah. Okay. That's the first thing. The second one, um, to be totally honest with you, Rod, I'm even more excited about right Mm -hmm. now anyway. We've been working on it for a while and we can finally announce it, Rod. Okay. So it's probably been a year and a half or longer that we thought about building, creating, doing, putting on a virtual summit. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a lot of things kind of come up in the way and business has been uh, super busy. And so things just get in the way, but we are very excited that we have a date for our virtual summit. It's called just stick with me on this one. It's called the alternative wealth building virtual summit for high income earners. You might notice it kind of follows along with our tagline. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's going to be held on May 4th. Um, we're super excited about our lineup so far. So we have some good speakers. I'm just going to throw out a few of them. Most people will know the name Sharon Lecter. Sharon co-wrote with Robert Kiyosaki the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And she's had a whole bunch of other uh, best-selling books since that time. She's a CPA by trade. Um, incredibly knowledgeable, and I just thought she would be a really tremendous um, part of the lineup. So we have Sharon Lecter. We have Tom Wheelwright. Most of you listening to this will know Tom. Tom's a well-known CPA. He's a rich dad advisor, so he's basically Robert Kiyosaki's CPA. Um, And he has, has, I think, two or three best-selling books, too. Uh, so everyone will probably know Tom Wheelwright. We're excited to have Tom and as part of the lineup. We also have, and most everyone will know, Buck Joffrey from the Wealth Formula podcast. The plan is for Buck to do a talk with his friend and also a rich dad advisor, Ken McElroy. Um, so 
that'll be kind of like a duo combo thing that mm-hmm. we're excited about. Um, and then, of course, we have Adam Carroll, our very own, I say our very own, like partner, Adam Carroll, who will come in and kind of uh, expound, we'll say expound on, you know, everything shred method. Uh, and by the way, if you if you haven't checked out Adam Carroll's TED Talk, make sure you go look it up. It's just absolutely brilliant. I think he has over 7 million listens to it. It was just a, it was just really well done. So check it out. Uh, anyway, so that's a handful. We also have our very own Rodney, the pod Sabrisky. So <laughs> yes. I don't want to forget last, but not least is Rob, the pod and Christian. So we're and Christian. Uh, we're going to do a duo too. Yeah. Okay. Rod. So that's at least five of the people we might add a couple more people, but at sure. least those, those people are locks for the virtual summit. What do you think? I'm excited. And we'll have uh, we'll have stuff coming out soon for people can go ahead and get uh, signed up. And uh, yeah, we we're going to do an early bird. We're going to do an early bird. So tickets will go on sale relatively soon. So we'll be announcing it um, through social media. We'll announce it on here on the podcast and other mm-hmm. things. But anyway, we're just excited that we had we had locked in enough to feel like we could um, definitively announce that it's coming up. So just keep an eye out for uh, more information on the virtual summit. It's it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Okay, Rod, now for our topic today. And this is courtesy of Rodney. He came to me with this question. Um, I shouldn't say it that way because it wasn't your question, Rod. But it's a question that we commonly get asked. And mm-hmm. the question is, how much is enough? And when we say how much we're talking about moolah you can't see my hands but i'm (laughs) rubbing my fingers together like so how much is enough rod and maybe you can create some context for just where this came from as a starting point yeah like i said it's a question we get asked frequently and specifically how much money is enough to be ready to walk away from your high-paying job so we we all want to have financial freedom and we don't use often the word retirement uh because the people, a lot of people we work with don't think of retirement in the same way as most Americans do. They want right, so to, it doesn't, it's not even effective to use most of the time. Yeah. Cause they want to be, they want to have the freedom to walk away from their, what they're doing right now. A lot of people still want to work in some capacity or they want to become full-time investors or they have other ambitions uh, out there that they want to, to take on. They just don't want to have to go to work, you know, and have someone else dictate their schedule, or even if they're their own boss, Still, they have to show up every day. They have to make it happen or else, or else you know, things don't move forward. And uh, because, just because of that situation, they're under a lot of stress and they foresee or, or like really feel the need for an early retirement. Again, I'm using the word in quotes, yeah, air well, quotes. Okay, to be able Rod, to walk away. that just reminds me of burnout. Like that, I mean, yeah. and obviously a lot of our clients are in the medical space. So that's a mm-hmm. common issue inside that medical space you work really long hard you know grueling hours and it's sometimes it's just too much and so it's pretty common for us to be talking to really um smart really thoughtful um highly paid professionals who while they love what they do they still kind of know that they need to start finding a way out out of it 
Yeah. And so this is a common question. Yeah, for sure. And yet, because of all of what you just said, because they're highly qualified and have worked very hard to get to where they are and build the momentum, the flywheel, all that kind of stuff to be earning what they're earning now, it would be extremely painful to get it wrong, to leave Ooh. and then find out, ooh, I got to go back. <laughs> right? That would be painful, right? So, so... <laughs> That just reminds me, and maybe since we're talking about the word retire, Rod, I, I've gone on a tangent about this, but uh, I it drives me absolutely bonkers, uh -huh. Rod. It drives me bonkers <laughs> when people that are like 27 years old come out and talk about how they're retiring from whatever it is that they're retiring for. Yeah. Um, and can I just tell you, there seems to be some lack of clarity out there between like taking a vacation and taking an actual retirement or taking a break and taking an actual retirement. So my definition looks very different, but by the way, this is an important, this is an important uh, point to get really clear on mm -hmm. because we're going to talk about this, right? Like it matters why I'm leaving my high paying job. Am yeah. I leaving it to start a business in some other space? Or maybe I'm leaving it to start a business. Like maybe I'm a physician who's working in a W-2 high paying job, but I want to become my own boss, but I still want to mm -hmm. do the same work, mm -hmm. right? Like that could be it. And so yeah. all of those things kind of look a little bit different, but anyway, back to my tangent rod, it drives me nuts. Um, so just, just tell people like, no, if you hear that, just be like, no, that's, that's not what retirement means. It's just like a really bad way of trying to brag, right? You're like, hey, look at me. I'm 27 and I retired, which again, for most people means I took a break. And then, oh man, Rod, it gets even worse. It gets even <laughs> this worse. This is my favorite. So, so then you get people who, well, I'm not sure which part you're telling, which part I should go to now, but okay. So here's what drives me crazy though. You get these situations where people say they're retiring, right? Mm-hmm. But then they're just in such high demand that people are clamoring for them to come back. Has nothing to do with making money because they don't they don't need money, right? Uh -huh. They're retired. But again, the, the issue is, is when you're just so in demand, you're so popular that the people need you, you're feeling called to do it. Okay. I see that and it just like makes me gag a little bit. Yeah. So and, anyway, I, I had to go on a tangent about it. Yeah. The, and the part I love about that is, is just the whole idea when, when they say something like I had to come out of retirement. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love, I love the look on your face when people say stuff like that, because it's well, just, what's uh, worse is that they don't say I had to, they're like, I chose to, I yeah. chose to come out of retirement. <laughs> I didn't need to, but again, people needed me. So I, I had to do it for, for the people. Uh, okay, sorry for that tangent. Let's get back to how much money is enough yeah. in order to leave my high paying job. So we set the stage a little bit. We talked about why this is a topic, obviously, because of the people, because of our clientele, because of the people that listen to the show, it's incredibly relevant, right? High, high income earners often are feeling that burnout and desire or need to kind of change or of course it could be just leaving because they want to travel or whatever right there's a mm -hmm. hundred reasons why that is um but that's important and like you said maybe most importantly it's critical that we get it right yeah because getting it wrong means like if it means like hey i i finally got out of this the working 80 hours a week and i'm able to leave and then the you know i take a big stock market hit and all of a sudden i'm like 
ah, my income's only going to last 10 years instead of 40. Yeah. Well, now I'm going back to my 80 hour. Then that's just like drudgery. So oh, we, yeah. don't, we don't want to get it wrong. We don't want to get it wrong. Yep. Um, okay, Rod, let's talk a little bit about the advice that we kind of commonly see out there. And mm -hmm. I've got here the fire movement, but this mm -hmm. isn't just the fire movement, right? This is just common advice. Um, I read lots of articles and, and so I see these things and I'm just like, this is madness, but we're going to talk through what is commonly um, given as like the, the number or the way to determine when I can leave my high paying job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one, Rod, and then we'll, we'll talk about these, but the first one is, and I couldn't believe this is to save enough money to cover your expenses. That was it. So, yeah. so basically it what makes they're sense, saying right? is, yeah, makes perfect sense. Like I, it makes no sense, Rod. <laughs> but wait, if I no know what sense. my expenses are and I know I have enough to cover those expenses, doesn't that like take me to the promised land? But what, what about inflation? What about the what ifs? Oh, what about when other things come up, man? Oh, those things. Oh yeah. yeah I, it's just, it's just, I don't think it's a good strategy. Now, I guess if you're, you know, again, if you're saying I want to take a break mm -hmm. for a few years to travel, like, okay, that might be something that you could do. But like, yeah. if, if you want to literally retire, be able to walk away from the uh, need to make money, you can't, you cannot just cover your expenses. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. Can All right. I guess I'll go with you on that one. Yep. Okay. No, yeah, you're okay. right. Absolutely. One of them that I still hear, and we're not going to talk a lot about this one because it feels like it's talked about at nauseum, but mm -hmm. I still see it out there and it's just using the 4% rule. Now, it's a little bit different way, but it's basically the same idea. They're like, okay, if I can, if I have enough, again, it's it's basically another way to say I have enough to cover my expenses. It's just saying that I'll be able to cover my expenses with my investments and theoretically, you know have money left over at the end. But basically what they do is they say, all right, if you take 4% of your um, total nest egg of money, mm -hmm. so let's say I've got, well, and, and I'm going to talk about why this is a problem in a second, but but so theoretically, if I've got a million dollars saved, right, we are going to take $40,000 plus we're going to plan for inflation mm -hmm. and I should theoretically be okay, right? And we've talked, we talk at nauseum again, why that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But, but when you talk about this in just like a practical world, well, let me ask you this question. Rod. Where are 90% of people who are saving money, saving money? Where do they save money? In the stock market and especially qualified plans. Yes. Okay. So, and that's what I was getting at the qualified plan part, especially, well, if I'm 42 years old, and mm -hmm. I've done, you know, 90, 80, 90% of my saving in qualified plans, then how am I going to get my money out? <laughs> You're I mean, not I can take get the by. penalty, right? Yeah. I can take the, or I can right. do a 72 T, but that's problematic too, because mm -hmm. it's gonna, not going to be nearly enough to actually live off. Of. You can't get 4%. <laughs> yeah. They won't even let you take distributions of 4% at that stage. So um, anyway, so like, so many times I hear these things and I'm just like, this is so unrealistic, right? Mm -hmm. It's so impractical because if you actually like take life experience and put that into the equation, you'll quickly realize, and really anybody that's hearing this and thinking about it, 
you know, you know that you need more than just your to cover your expenses, right? Like, what if you want to go to a movie? You're like, oh, <laughs> no, no movies, no more. For the rest of your life, no more. <laughs> uh, anyway, I know, I know we're being a little extreme. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure they're thinking, well, you know, it's not just covering, it's covering expenses and having, you know, enough for food and a little extra type of thing. But, but there are ahead. literally people out there that are saying that, right? Especially in that fire movement. Oh my gosh, there's all sorts of them. Live live the minimalist lifestyle and you can you can live it up. Yep, that's absolutely true. Basically the combination of and, and I don't know why like not working is worth living like a minimalist lifestyle. Like mm -hmm. okay, so I get the idea of simplicity, like there's probably an overabundance of complexity in our in our world and so like mm -hmm. but can I just tell you I kind of like some of the finer things in life. And so the idea like going of going sometimes and maybe a movie once in a while. <laughs> I mean, if that's one of the finer things, right. Um, I like the restaurant cultivate. It's man, it's good rod. Next time we're going out together, we're going to cultivate. Okay. And yeah. so I need to have a little cultivate in my life every, you know, month or so. Okay. Well, anyway, maybe I'm different, but that's just me. So the 4% rule is um, a really bad idea. Um, Rod, I read an article that said, and, and I have to assume in this one, it was a little more focused on, let's call it career changing. Okay. Okay. So here they said, you need six times your expenses saved. <laughs> Okay. To, to change basically to, to, and again, the article was about leaving your job, but I, I think they're talking about leaving your job to go create something different, build something. Can I just tell you that is laughably not enough. Yeah. That's, that's the 16% rule. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but the idea on that one, I, and I have, again, ho hopefully they really are talking about something where you're, you already have a head start on where you're going, or you have a really good idea for what you're going to be able to create over there. And so you have this safety net built up of the six times your expenses in case things are slower and they usually are uh, growing building than, than we hope they will be or plan. They will be, but hopefully, yeah, it, it really is somewhere where you're landing and, and have at least some reasonable expectation for what you're going to get when you get on the other side. Okay. So that's what you should have. Anytime, right? <laughs> yeah. Anytime. If you're changing your career, you're leaving your job, you should 100% have a lot more than that. I would probably, if it was me recommending it, I would be like at least a year, but preferably like two years mm -hmm. because everything, it takes longer to build. It costs more than you think. Mm -hmm. So even if the anticipation is that you can go start something different, start cash flowing relatively quickly, it just always takes longer than you think it will. So yeah. now that doesn't mean it can't grow exponentially. It can. And so, so I certainly am not against leaving your high paying job to go do something that you love, right. Mm -hmm. Or go travel or whatever, hundred percent on board with that. But what I'm not on board with is getting it wrong and, and saving and just having six months worth is definitely going to be getting it wrong. Okay. Yep. Um, I think those are the main things we want to hit on as it relates to, and, and there's, there's obviously a lot of different philosophies on this, but the one thing that seemed like 
overarching is just that it's not enough. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a, a an underestimation in everything that I was reading for what someone should would actually need. And and obviously there are those you know situations where somebody can pull it off with only a few months worth of savings. But for most people, um, if you want to be on like really solid ground, and again, if you're here's the other thing: if you're a high income earner, um, you either have a lot more money saved or you're used to living a little bit higher style life, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. the two can't like both exist. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, I guess my point is don't do it that way. The question rod is from your perspective, what are the pro what are some of the problems that you see with those approaches? Well, like you said, it, it's, it's not as thoughtful as as I would hope people are going to be going into it. And and really I think most people look at that and and they're not comfortable with it. I, I think that's why we're recording this is because because we have so many people who look at the answers that they see out there and they're not comfortable with them. They feel like, well, that that's not gonna cut it for me, but then what? Right. Then that, what therefore, is it? yeah, how do I come up with an answer? that I can be comfortable with. And so hopefully when, in the rest of this time that we have today, we can lay out a few thoughts. And again, we're not going to answer the question for people. That's, that's a question they have to answer themselves, but, but hopefully we can give people some, some things to really consider that will help them get to an answer for themselves. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking, Rod, we need to answer at least you said we're not going to answer the questions. And now I'm saying we're going to, here's the two <laughs> questions we're going to answer. Right? Okay. We're going to answer how much is enough or how, how do you get to enough yeah. for a full blown retirement? Okay. Okay. That's the first one. Cause mm-hmm. that's different than being like a career changing situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I think I'm going to think about this a little bit. And I kind of just gave the answer, but I'm going to think about it a little more and we'll make sure that we also give, a an answer at least from the money insights perspective as to what's enough for a career changer okay as well okay because because really both of those things both of those things are applicable and they're very very different Mm -hmm. so um okay here's some things to think about before uh or as we're trying to kind of create the formula right so we have a few different formulas that we think make sense um but we want to make sure we talk about the things that are important to think about along the way. So why am I leaving my job? I keep talking about this, but again, is this a permanent thing? Is it a temporary thing? Um, am, am I a career changer? Do I want to go travel? Am I just wanting to hang out and like do hobbies? It doesn't matter. Like whatever it is though, you want to have a pretty good idea of what your intention is, right? Yeah. Because part of that could, you know, some of that could, could change the spending habits that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing X, Y, Z, that might be that hobby. If I want to retire and golf full time, then I've got to make sure I've got enough to cover my expenses, which will include my golfing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's important to consider. Um, what are my plans as I'm kind of going forward, right? Am I starting a business? Am I, um, again, taking a break and then I want to go back to my, just all of those things are worthwhile to consider and really are critical if you want to come up with like a winning game plan. Yeah. And a lot of the people that we talk to have 
have more in mind. So like the idea of just walking away from their job and just living it up while that sounds amazing, they are realistic enough to realize that that may last a week and then they're going to be like, okay, now what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, but so we have a lot of people who, you know, they're going to leave and become full-time investors. Yeah. They're already doing the some investing. Common. Yeah. Yep. Um, we also have people who have like some philanthropic ideas in mind. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. We have a client who uh, is like passionate about ending veteran homelessness. Oh, wow. And he's building everything that he's doing is building toward um, this, this financial freedom, not just so that he can live it up, but so that he can kind of eradicate this issue across the U.S. Like, mm. again, and, and he's very clear. It's not just reduce. It's not just make these people's lives easier. It's get rid of like no more veteran homelessness. He's, he's like mm. totally passionate about it. So anyway, so there are people who have these things and, and obviously that, that, uh, Pursuit. drive. Yeah. yeah. Leads to a different answer than it would be if he was just like, okay, I'm, I, I'm done. I want to get out of this. Okay, Rod. So let's just assume that most people aren't going to live it up. Uh-huh. Even though there will be some and more power to you. But let's just assume that most people that are listening aren't likely to be that person. So talk a little bit about some of the formulas that we use based on, you know, given situations. Yeah. So the first one, the, the kind of classic formula that comes from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just kind of that whole mindset of I can leave my job when I have enough passive income to replace my working income. Mm, okay. No. Whew, that is very, very different, by the way, already very different than those kind of other things that we're seeing, right? Yeah. Like tremendously different. Yep. Yeah. And, and, um, what's fun on this one is, uh, that, that they created a couple of board games and, and we bought them. So yeah, you guys we are young married. So we have cash flow 101, which is the adult <laughs> version of, of, and it's, I mean, again, it's a board game. You're moving around the board, but you're, you run into unexpected expenses or you have opportunities you can choose between, uh, investing in a, a cash flowing property or whatever, like blowing your money doing, you know, going on a, on a worldwide <laughs> you know, trip or something. And so you're making these decisions and it, it ultimately is leading you to you, what the decisions you should be making are those that are creating this cash flow. Because as soon as you create enough passive cash flow to replace your working income, you win. Mm, okay. I love it. And, and my favorite is on the kid version, it's the same thing, like the same places where you win, but they have like this badge and you become the cash flow kid. That's the that's the, <laughs> the like cash flow. Okay, well then maybe they should have like the adult version be the cash flow king and the cash. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's cool. I I think that there's something really powerful about that though, right? Mm -hmm. There is a just such a big difference between phil philosophically between even just like saving up enough money that I can then go and live off the interest of it versus mm -hmm. saving and creating enough passive income enough cash flow that I can like, again, when I think about just philosophically, the difference, it's, it's really significant, right? Mm -hmm. One of them again is saying, Hey, we're literally going to create income that can be 
pushed off regardless of what I'm doing, whether I'm working, whether I'm traveling, whether I'm sleeping, it's going to be producing mm -hmm. income. Um, the other is a very different approach. It's basically save up a lump sum of money. And then most people would say use the market to try to create cash flow out of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's just when you think about it again, philosophically, they're just a very different approach across the board. Yeah. Especially because in the cash flow side, and obviously it depends on how you're creating that cash flow. But in most cases, like if it's rental income, for example, it has some built in increases to it, right? Rents are going to go up in the future, increasing your income. So it, so there are inflation factors built into those, those things as well. So again, it's, it's not just saying, well, my caution is don't let it just be enough cash flow to, to do that and not be thinking are the things I'm, that I'm using to create that cash flow a long-term solution. It's going to continue to create this income, number one, but then number two, creating these adjustments for inflation, et cetera, because those are, it isn't just now it's, especially if I'm, if I'm in this situation where I'm saying, Hey, I want to, I want to be ready to do this by the time I'm 50 or 55 or whatever. That's, we hear that pretty commonly. Well, you're likely to live another 30, 40, 50 years. And so you have to, you do have to consider all of these things. If, if hundred percent is your number, make sure it's a solid hundred percent and it builds in these other increases and whatnot. Yeah. And, and I get, I think about I just keep going back to this philosophical difference. And one of them is almost like how much is like enough to get by the other mm -hmm. one's about more about thriving. And mm -hmm. when I say that, I'm just thinking efficiency, Rod. So we talk about all the time. We talk about the reasons to invest in real estate. Well, it's because I can, I have leverage. I have cash flow. Mm -hmm. I have tax benefits, right? All of these things come in and, and while I can get pieces of those other places, it's really difficult to find something that's as efficient and as effective at just building wealth, yeah. right? So if you think about it, if you just said, okay, if you take the person who built up enough cash flow, passive cash flow to retire, to walk away from their high paying job versus the person who saved up enough cash to where they could, let's just say, work off the 4% rule. Mm -hmm. Which person is in a more stable, comfortable position, one? And then number two, which one in 10 years and 20 years is going to have more wealth? Like, it's kind of a no-brainer mm -hmm. when you think of it in those terms, right? Yeah. And 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 then let's think about like a 2008 type of scenario. The cash flow person isn't as concerned about the value of their portfolio. Whereas it's absolutely critical the value of the portfolio on your nest egg person mm -hmm. so that nest yep. egg goes down now they're they're panicking that affects cash flows absolutely right whereas on the other side their portfolio value may have gone down for a time but as long as they're still creating the cash flow coming off of it then then they're fine yeah it's it's much easier to hold if i've still got cash flow yep right yeah, that's a huge difference. Okay, Rod. So we've talked about kind of the the baseline. Here's what we believe. We believe it makes sense to create enough passive income to replace working income. Once that's happened, that that according to the Money Insights philosophy, that means that you can comfortably retire. Yeah. In 
most situations. Why don't you talk about, Rod, some of the other, the alternative situations that we often see, which really in those situations, that wouldn't even be enough. Yeah. So there are a couple of situations for that. Number one is this, this whole kind of transitioning into what are you going to do next, right? So if, well, let, let's go back to our example of the, the philanthropic minded client that we talked about for him to be able to, to really live out and, and pursue this, this passion that he has having enough income for himself, isn't going to be enough. It's going to take resources and, and I'm positive that he's, his whole plan is to rally and, and have, uh, sponsors and donors and all this other stuff happening. But I, I know from, from talking with him that that's, that's not the hundred percent of where he's getting the funding. He's going to fund a lot of what he does, the the organization, the, the structure, the, to, to kind of put this together and get something going, create some momentum. And so he is creating not just a hundred percent to replace. I don't know what his number is, but it's a lot higher than a hundred percent. In his case, he's uh, his kind of a starting point is to create this series of, of uh, franchises that, that will be kicking off a good, you know, flow of, of income that again is enough for him to, to replace his working income so that he can a hundred percent turn all of his focus on, on this passion. Yeah, so he's literally trying to, he's creating passive income to replace his working income with the, the intention of then work basically creating additional money that can be used for philanthropic things yep. like this, you know, this incredible goal that he's got to eradicate yeah. veteran homelessness. Yep. As an example. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Rod, I, and, I mentioned, I meant, and we're going to go back to this, but. I did miss one. So talk a little bit about a situation where we may actually not need as much as what we talked about for, from a baseline. Yeah. We talked about uh, situations where someone is transitioning into a different pursuit. So, mm -hmm. cause for a lot of these people who, who are burned out and are really feeling that and, and feeling the need, like they need to replace this, they aren't saying it's all or nothing. Like either I work the 80 hours a week or I, I'm done and I do nothing, but they would, they would love nothing more than to be able to replace the job where they have to work the 80 hours a week with something that's more reasonable, less stressful, less burnout, more on their own terms. And so they think of it, not in, again, not in terms of retirement per se, but of, of just like, Hey, putting my own life in my own terms, in my own hands, I get to make decisions. I like what I do. And I like the way that I am able to help people. I just can't keep up this pace. I can't keep up with, you know, the, the demands the way it is now. And so I'm going to create something different. So in that scenario, obviously you need to have some replacement. You need to have some cap passive cash flow that's that's able to replace what kind of what you're giving up to to make that change, but it doesn't have to be even 100%. Yeah. Right. If I'm if I'm moving to a place, I'm becoming a consultant or I'm whatever and, and I'm going to be able to, to work at 50 to 60% of what I have been making already, then obviously my number is somewhere in the 40 to 50% range of, of cash, passive cash flow. Yep. Good point. And I said I was going to answer this question as it relates to specifically kind of career changing situations. And so since we're on that one, maybe I'll mm -hmm. hit on it because I've been thinking about it, Rod. 
And if, if we believe, and I think, I think I believe, and I'll, I'll comfortably say that, you, that everyone should just always have a six month buffer mm-hmm. um, of, and, and I wouldn't even say living expenses. I would say six months of your income, mm-hmm. right. Is kind of the buffer number. So that means from my perspective, if you're going to be leaving your job to then go create another or build a business, I need to do it this way. I need to think about and determine what I believe the initial capital in the business is going to require. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to have the six months because that's just got to be consistent always. And then I think you probably need another six months to be safe. So basically what I'm saying is, if you're leaving to create a business, you probably want a year's worth of income plus cap the capital that you believe is going to be required to start the business. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to take us off track, but I wanted to make sure I got back to that. Okay. Rod, talk about, um, I feel like we have one more example where we might need more money. Yeah. So we're fo- we, we initially focused on hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And then I gave the example of, of needing more, like in this example with the philanthropic. And I would also say on that philanthropic side, a lot of people are legacy minded. They want to be able to, yeah, that's a to great pass point. on to, to the next generation, et cetera. And so that would kind of, I think, fit in that same category. So one of the things I like about this example is he, uh, the person you're giving, you've kind of been giving this ongoing example of it's, it's philanthropic on two sides, right? So it's not enough just to create, create the, uh, passive income to replace so that he can organizationally and put his time toward mm-hmm. the philanthropic efforts. There's also the element of wanting to put actual money toward it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's got in that situation, you want to have enough to create time freedom, but also like real financial freedom that you can then follow those pursuits as well. Yeah, it's a great point. And then I would have maybe even add a third category to that because the things that he's been doing professionally and educationally and all those things have also been, I think, informed by his desire to, to do this as well. So it's the, it's all of those skills and, and just the skill set that he brings to the table now pursuing this, that, that is quote unquote sacrifice or, or, you know, part of what he's building up to be able to, to really give it his best. Mm. Yeah. That that's super interesting. Okay, Rod, what do we do if we want to leave our job and become a full-time investor? Yeah, because the question on that one is, is it enough to have 100%? And I don't think it is. And and one one example on this one. So I was listening to some uh, some content from Chris Larson, uh, again, another partner of ours. And he, he said his goal, because he was working in uh, medical device sales, Mm-hmm. had this goal to, to leave his, his yep. position and, he's and a success become a full-time story investor. In Absolutely. He's doing really well now. He's, he left his work. Uh, I think it was probably two or three years ago. He was able to leave. Um, but he said his goal was 200% of his working income. He needed 200% because he needed to, on the one hand, replace his working income in the sense of, of providing for his family and, and, the finer things in life, you know, those yep. kinds of things to, to live the lifestyle that, that they have. Um, but, but that wasn't enough because he also needed cash flow and, and other, another hundred percent above that. So, so his number was 200%, um, because he also needed the means to be able to go out and invest and create this, this growing snowball 
on the investment side to where he felt comfortable that, okay, now I'm ready. I can leave that job. Well, so, and that makes a lot of sense. Think of it this way, Rod, if I left my job, I said, okay, now I feel like I've got enough passive income right now that I can leave and at least not have to work, stress about um, paying my bills and like Mm -hmm. living day to day. Mm -hmm. Well, then the next question, logical question is, okay, great. But if I want to be, because again, we're talking about wanting to be a full-time investor, mm-hmm. what am, what money am I going to use to invest, right? right. I've got to right. have, I've got to actually have money there. So it doesn't seem unreasonable at all to think the next phase or next step is to have, you know, let's say I, let's say I replaced my $200,000 a year job. I, it makes complete sense to me to want to have another couple hundred thousand dollars to continue to build and produce and grow and create whatever your vision is for your future. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Which again, includes things like the legacy and other things like that, because clearly uh, in that situation, if you have a hundred percent that you can replace, you're in a position where you can still live the same lifestyle you've been living. Right. There's, you, you don't have to experience that change that the kind of live it up model. Um, but then are there other things, right? Is there legacy? Is there, again, the investment, that kind of stuff, the, the business you want to start, et cetera. Then, then that's going to maybe change that model a little bit. So I think in, in the end, the idea is that this isn't, there's not a one size fits all kind of, kind of answer to this. So our, our suggestion is, is, is to be thoughtful about it. If you've been pursuing this idea that 100% is enough and you really look at it and you're thoughtful about it and you and you conclude, yeah, 100% is enough. It's good for what what I have planned and and I'm going to do great. Um, but if not, if if you think about it a little more and you realize, okay, I maybe was unrealistic if at 100%, that's not going to allow me to do these other things that I had in mind and maybe it needs to be something different than that 100%, then hopefully this has been thought provoking and, and helping you kind of get move a little, little further along that path uh, to, to decide, Hey, okay, this, this is my number. Mm. Good stuff, Rodney. Well, uh, I'm trying to decide if I need, I don't think I need to add anything to that. So unless you have anything else, my last point was just go for it. Uh, <laughs> go for it. I like it. So if you're, if you're one of those people that are ready then just pull up your bootstraps and go for it. (laughs) Okay, Rod, I like it. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us this week and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.